chapter eighth of the heart of midlothian by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines salt lake city utah there governed in that year a stern stout churl an angry overseer crab while mr staunton for such was this worthy clergyman's name was laying aside his gown in the vestry jeanie was in the act of coming to an open rupture with madge we must return to mummer's barn directly said madge we'll be over late and my mother will be angry i am not going back with you madge said jeanie taking out a guinea and offering it to her i am much obliged to you but i mon gang my own road and me comin all this way out of my gate to pleasure you ye ungrateful cuddy answered madge and me to be brained by my mother when i gang home and all for your sake but i will gar ye as good for god's sake said jeanie to a man who stood beside them keep her off she is mad ay ay answered the boar i have some guess of that and i trow thou beest a bird of the same feather howsomever madge i read thee keep hand off her or eyes lend thee a whister poop several of the lower class of the parishioners now gathered round the strangers and the cry arose among the boys that there was a goin to be a fight between mad madge murdockson and another bess of bedlam but while the fry assembled with the humane hope of seeing as much of the fun as possible the laced cocked hat of the beetle was discerned among the multitude and all made way for that person of awful authority his first address was to madge what's brought thee back again thou silly donnet to plague this parish hast thou brought any more bastards with thee to lay to honest men's doors or dost thou think to burden us with this goose that's as hare-brained as thyself as if rates were no up anow away with thee to thy thief of a mother she's fast in the stocks at barkston town end away with ye out of the parish or eyes be at ye with the rattan madge stood sulky for a minute but she had been too often taught submission to the beadle's authority by ungentle means to feel courage enough to dispute it and my mother my poor old mother is in the stocks at barkston this is all your white miss jeanie deans but i'll be upsides with you as sure as my name's madge wildfire i mean murdockson god help me i forget my very name in this confused waste so saying she turned upon her heel and went off followed by all the mischievous imps of the village some crying madge canst thou tell thy name yet some pulling the skirts of her dress and all to the best of their strength and ingenuity exercising some new device or other to exasperate her into frenzy 
Cheney saw her departure with infinite delight, though she wished that, in some way or other, she could have requited the service Madge had conferred upon her. In the meantime, she applied to the beadle to know whether there was any house in the village where she could be civilly entertained for her money, and whether she could be permitted to speak to the clergyman. Ay, ay, we's have reverend care on thee, and I think, answered the man of constituted authority, that unless thou answer the rector all the better, we're spare thy money, and give thee lodging at the parish charge, young woman. Where am I to go then? said Jeanie, in some alarm. Why, I am to take thee to his reverence, in the first place, to give an account of thyself, and then to see thou come not to be a burden upon the parish. I do not wish to burden any one, replied Jeanie. I have enough for my own wants, and only wish to get on my journey safely. Why, that's another matter, replied the beadle, and if it be true, and I think thou dost not look so palrumptious as thy playfellow yonder, thou wouldst be a metal lass enough, and thou wert snog and snod a bit better. Come thou away, then, the rector is a good man. Is that the minister, said Jeanie, who preached? The minister, Lord help thee, what kind of Presbyterian art thou? Why, tis the rector, the rector's cell, woman, and there is not the like of him in the county, nor the four next to it. Come away, away with thee, ye mana bide here. I am sure I am very willing to go see the minister, said Jeanie, for though he read his discourse and wore that surplice, as they call it here, I cannot but think he must be a very worthy, God-fearing man to preach the root of the matter in the way he did. The disappointed rabble, finding that there was like to be no farther sport, had by this time dispersed, and Jeanie, with her usual patience, followed her consequential and surly, but not brutal, conductor towards the rectory. This clerical mansion was large and commodious, for the living was an excellent one, and the Avowson belonged to a very wealthy family in the neighborhood, who had usually bred up a son or nephew to the church for the sake of inducting him, as opportunity offered, into this very comfortable provision. In this manner the rectory of Willingham had always been considered as a direct and immediate appendage of Willingham Hall, and as the rich baronets, to whom the latter belonged, had usually a son or brother or nephew settled in the living, the utmost care had been taken to render their habitation not merely respectable and commodious, but even dignified and imposing. It was situated about four hundred yards from the village, and on a rising ground which sloped gently upward, covered with small enclosures or closes, laid out irregularly so that the old oaks and elms 
which were planted in hedgerows fell into perspective and were blended together in beautiful irregularity when they approached nearer to the house a handsome gateway admitted them into a lawn of narrow dimensions indeed but which was interspersed with large sweet chestnut trees and beeches and kept in handsome order the front of the house was irregular part of it seemed very old and had in fact been the residence of the incumbent in romish times successive occupants had made considerable additions and improvements each in the taste of his own age and without much regard to symmetry but these incongruities of architecture were so graduated and happily mingled that the eye far from being displeased with the combinations of various styles saw nothing but what was interesting in the varied and intricate pile which they displayed fruit trees displayed in the southern wall outer staircases various places of entrance a combination of roofs and chimneys of different ages united to render the front not indeed beautiful or grand but intricate perplexed or to use mr price's appropriate phrase picturesque the most considerable addition was that of the present rector who being a bookish man as the beadle was at the pains to inform jeanie to augment perhaps her reverence for the person before whom she was to appear had built a handsome library and parlour and no less than two additional bedrooms many men would have scrupled such expense continued the parochial officer seeing as the living mun go as it pleases sir edmund to will it but his reference has a canny bit land of his own and need not look on two sides of a penny jeanie could not help comparing the irregular yet extensive and commodious pile of building before her to the manses in her own country where a set of penurious heritors professing all the while the devotion of their lives and fortunes to the presbyterian establishment strain their inventions to discover what may be nipped and clipped and pared from a building which forms but a poor accommodation even for the present incumbent and despite the superior advantage of stone masonry must in the course of forty or fifty years again burden their descendants with an expense which once liberally and handsomely employed ought to have freed their estates from a recurrence of it for more than a century at least behind the rector's house the ground sloped down to a small river which without possessing the romantic vivacity and rapidity of a northern stream was nevertheless by its occasional appearance through the ranges of willows and poplars that crowned its banks a very pleasing accompaniment to the landscape it was the best trouting stream said the beadle 
whom the patience of jeanie and especially the assurance that she was not about to become a burden to the parish had rendered rather communicative the best trouting stream in all lincolnshire for when you got lower there was not to be done with fly-fishing turning aside from the principal entrance he conducted jeanie towards a sort of portal connected with the older part of the building which was chiefly occupied by servants and knocking at the door it was opened by a servant in grave purple livery such as befitted a wealthy and dignified clergyman how dost do thomas said the beadle and how's young maister staunton why but poorly but poorly master stubbs are you wanting to see his reverence ay ay thomas please to say i have brought up the young woman as came to service to-day with mad madge murdockson seems to be a decentish coined of body but i have asked her never a question only i can tell his reverence that she is a scotchwoman i judge and as flat as the fens of holland thomas honoured jeanie deans with such a stare as the pampered domestics of the rich whether spiritual or temporal usually esteem it part of their privilege to bestow upon the poor and then desired mr stubbs and his charge to step in till he informed his master of their presence the room into which he showed them was a sort of steward's parlour hung with a county map or two and three or four prints of eminent persons connected with the county as sir william monson james york the blacksmith of lincoln and the famous peregrine lord willoughby in complete armour looking as when he said in the words of the legend below the engraving stand to it noble pikemen and face ye well about and shoot ye sharp bold bowmen and ye will keep them out ye musket and caliver men do you prove true to me i'll be the foremost man in fight said brave lord willoughby when they had entered this apartment thomas as a matter of course offered and as a matter of course mr stubbs accepted a summit to eat and drink being the respectable relies of a gamin of bacon and a whole whiskin or black pot of sufficient double ale to these eatables mr beadle seriously inclined himself and for we must do him justice not without an invitation to jeanie in which thomas joined that his prisoner or charge would follow his good example but although she might have stood in need of refreshment considering she had tasted no food that day the anxiety of the moment her own sparing and abstemious habits and a bashful aversion to eat in company of the two strangers induced her to decline their courtesy so she sat in a chair apart while mr stubbs and mr thomas who had chosen to join his friend in consideration that dinner was to be put back 
till after the afternoon service made a hearty luncheon which lasted for half an hour and might not then have concluded had not his reverence rung his bell so that thomas was obliged to attend his master then and no sooner to save himself the labour of a second journey to the other end of the house he announced to his master the arrival of mr stubbs with the other madwoman as he chose to designate jeanie as an event which had just taken place he returned with an order that mr stubbs and the young woman should be instantly ushered up to the library the beadle bolted in haste his last mouthful of fat bacon washed down the greasy morsel with the last rinsings of the pot of ale and immediately marshalled jeanie through one or two intricate passages which led from the ancient to the more modern buildings into a handsome little hall or anteroom adjoining to the library and out of which a glass door opened to the lawn stay here said stubbs till i tell his reverence you are come so saying he opened a door and entered the library without wishing to hear their conversation jeanie as she was circumstanced could not avoid it for as stubbs stood by the door and his reverence was at the upper end of a large room their conversation was necessarily audible in the anteroom so you have brought the young woman here at last mr stubbs i expected you some time since you know i do not wish such persons to remain in custody a moment without some inquiry into their situation very true your reverence replied the beadle but the young woman had eat not to-day and so mr thomas did set down a drop of drink and a morsel to be sure thomas was very right mr stubbs and what has become of the other most unfortunate being why replied mr stubbs i did think the sight on her would but vex your reverence and so i did let her go her ways back to her mother who is in trouble in the next parish in trouble that signifies in prison i suppose said mr staunton ay truly something like it and it like your reverence wretched unhappy incorrigible woman said the clergyman and what sort of person is this companion of hers why decent enow and it like your reverence said stubbs for aught i sees of her there's no harm of her and she says she has cash enough to carry her out of the county cash that is always what you think of stubbs but has she sense has she her wits has she the capacity of taking care of herself why your reverence replied stubbs i cannot just say i will be sworn she was not born at whitham for gaffer gibbs looked at her all the time of service and he says she could not turn up a single lesson like a christian even though she had madge murdickson to help her but then as to fending for herself why she's a bit of a scotchwoman your reverence and they say the worst dunnut of them can look out for their own turn and she is decently put on a now and not be chounched like t'other 
send her in here then and do you remain below mr stubbs this colloquy had engaged jeanie's attention so deeply that it was not until it was over that she observed that the sashed door which we have said led from the anteroom into the garden was opened and that there entered or rather was borne in by two assistants a young man of a very pale and sickly appearance whom they lifted to the nearest couch and placed there as if to recover from the fatigue of an unusual exertion just as they were making this arrangement stubbs came out of the library and summoned jeanie to enter it she obeyed him not without tremor for besides the novelty of the situation to a girl of her secluded habits she felt also as if the successful prosecution of her journey was to depend upon the impression she should be able to make on mr staunton it is true it was difficult to suppose on what pretext a person travelling on her own business and at her own charge could be interrupted upon her route but the violent detention she had already undergone was sufficient to show that there existed persons at no great distance who had the interest the inclination and the audacity forcibly to stop her journey and she felt the necessity of having some countenance and protection at least till she could get beyond their reach while these things passed through her mind much faster than our pen and ink can record or even the reader's eye collect the meaning of its traces jeanie found herself in a handsome library and in presence of the rector of willingham the well-furnished presses and shelves which surrounded the large and handsome apartment contained more books than jeanie imagined existed in the world being accustomed to consider as an extensive collection two fir shelves each about three feet long which contained her father's treasured volumes the whole pith and marrow as he used sometimes to boast of modern divinity an orrery globes a telescope and some other scientific implements conveyed to jeanie an impression of admiration and wonder not unmixed with fear for in her ignorant apprehension they seemed rather adapted for magical purposes than any other and a few stuffed animals as the rector was fond of natural history added to the impressive character of the apartment mr staunton spoke to her with great mildness he observed that although her appearance at church had been uncommon and in strange and he must add discreditable society and calculated upon the whole to disturb the congregation during divine worship he wished nevertheless to hear her own account of herself before taking any steps which his duty might seem to demand he was a justice of peace he informed her as well as a clergyman his honour for she would not say his reverence was very civil and kind was all that jeanie could at first bring out who are you young woman said the clergyman 
more peremptorily and what do you do in this country and in such company we allow no strollers or vagrants here i am not a vagrant or a stroller sir said jeanie a little roused by the supposition i am a decent scots lass travelling through the land on my own business and my own expenses and i was so unhappy as to fall in with bad company and was stopped all night on my journey and this poor creature who is something light-headed let me out in the morning bad company said the clergyman i am afraid young woman you have not been sufficiently anxious to avoid them indeed sir returned jeanie i have been brought up to shun evil communication but these wicked people were thieves and stopped me by violence and mastery thieves said mr staunton then you charge them with robbery i suppose no sir they did not take so much as a bottle from me answered jeanie nor did they use me ill otherwise than by confining me the clergyman inquired into the particulars of her adventure which she told him from point to point this is an extraordinary and not a very probable tale young woman resumed mr staunton here has been according to your account a great violence committed without any adequate motive are you aware of the law of this country that if you lodge this charge you will be bound over to prosecute this gang jeanie did not understand him and he explained that the english law in addition to the inconvenience sustained by persons who have been robbed or injured has the goodness to entrust to them the care and the expense of appearing as prosecutors jeanie said that her business at london was express all she wanted was that any gentleman would out of christian charity protect her to some town where she could hire horses and a guide and finally she thought it would be her father's mind that she was not free to give testimony in an english court of justice as the land was not under a direct gospel dispensation mr staunton stared a little and asked if her father was a quaker god forbid sir said jeanie he is no schismatic nor sectary nor ever treated for sick black commodities as theirs and that's well kenned of him and what is his name pray said mr staunton david deans sir the cow-feeder at st leonard's crags near edinburgh a deep groan from the ante-room prevented the rector from replying and exclaiming good god that unhappy boy he left jeanie alone and hastened into the outer apartment some noise and bustle was heard but no one entered the library for the best part of an hour End of chapter eighth